Happy Thanksgiving, Dodger fans. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a little bit of news or kind of news about uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto and his willingness to play with other Japanese stars, such as, for example, Shohei Otani and the chances that the Dodgers might end up with both of those guys. And then we will talk Thanksgiving. We'll talk about things to be thankful for as Dodger fans and our favorite foods to eat on Thanksgiving. That's what's on tap. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go and subscribe wherever you're watching and listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And uh, we want to wish all of you a happy uh, Thanksgiving for those of you here in the United States where we are. Uh, for our Canadian friends, we'd like to wish you a happy seven weeks after Thanksgiving. And uh, for, I don't know any other Thanksgiving dates in any other countries. So, uh, all right, I guess we're sticking with the U.S. and Canada, but we're glad the rest of you are here too. Uh, we discovered today, actually, I'm going to wait. We'll probably talk about that in our thankful segment. So uh, uh, I guess first, Vince, it's been a while since you and I have recorded together. How are you doing? Yeah, it's been... I feel like one season kind of ends. Well, your season ended earlier than mine in terms of baseball specifically. Uh, yeah, so we haven't been together as much, but I'm always thankful for us being together. Look at that. <laughs> Thematic and everything. Um, one thing that I would be thankful for is if the Dodgers signed both Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. You talked last week about uh, how there is a, a perception among Japanese players that sometimes they don't want to necessarily be on the same team as other Japanese players. Um, and we got a couple different reports on, on Wednesday, uh, one saying that uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto actively wants to play with other Japanese players uh, when he comes over to the Major League Baseball. And then he kind of walked that back a little bit, and it's more of a, a willingness. But either way, both of those are better than uh, him not wanting to. And with them being maybe the top two free agents on the market and definitely filling areas of need for the Dodgers, it's, uh, you know, it, it opens up at least the possibility that the Dodgers could sign both of them. Yeah, first it was it, well, kind of the, the tweet was more like, oh, he wants to play with another Japanese player, and there's not that many out there right now in the major leagues. You know, the Kodai Senga with the Mets, Hugh Darvish with the Padres. Um, those are the two main ones. I'm sure there's a few others out there. But, and then Otani being the other one. So, you know, you automatically package them in your head together, Otani and Yamamoto. And then, you know, then he said it was more of a, oh, he's fine with doing it more so than a willingness to do it. And then you have John Heyman and other people reporting that the Dodgers could go after both. And, and we've seen a few reports and links of that nature over the past weekend. For the Dodgers, it makes sense in terms of what they need. They need 
a starting pitcher. They need another hitter. And in two years, they would have two starting pitchers potentially, um, you know, assuming Tommy Otani comes back and is, is ready to go. So it feels their need. It would, you know, to sell the package, whether it's you sign Otani first and then sell it to Yamamoto or you sign Yamamoto first and you sell that to Otani. Uh, either way, it kind of works out. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, not only them being the top two free agents available right now, beyond that, it just makes sense for what the Dodgers need. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you listened to or heard David Vasse's comments over on Dodger Talk uh, today. He, you know, talking about Otani, he said the Dodgers seem to be the clear favorite to sign him. He didn't claim to have any sources on that, because, which is good because nobody has sources on Otani. Uh, he, uh, we've talked about that plenty that nobody really knows what Otani's thinking, but, uh, you know, everybody seems to think Otani is coming to the Dodgers and then Vasse seemed a little bit more sourceish talking about Yamamoto. He said, he's heard that Yamamoto loves the Dodgers and would love to play for the Dodgers. So Vasse seems to be all in on, uh, on the idea. He believes that the Dodgers are going to end up with both guys. And, uh, I mean, that would be a very expensive, off season, uh, you know, not as expensive as uh, some of the bigger ones we've seen the, the last few years that some of the teams have, have thrown around. The difference would be the Dodgers coming off a hundred win season, you know, winning a division. Usually, the teams that are throwing around money like that in in a given off season are the teams that are trying to make a push to the postseason. And uh, the Dodgers, you know, they've figured out how to win the po- how to win the the division title pretty well. And uh, but their push would be to uh, put them over the edge and, and make them. I it, it seems like if they were doing that, it's basically uh, let's just go out there and plan on being so good that we win 130 games in the regular season, and then even if we struggle a little bit the postseason, you know, we're still very, very good. Uh, which you know, I, I'm on board for that approach, yeah. And you know, it's not like they're just throwing money at you know, you know, throwing money at the wall and, and seeing what stakes or what happens, like. They need. They didn't have the hitting this year, you know. Regardless of what hitting they already had on the team, um, you know, you know Shohei Otani is a very good hitter, and he would ideally help in October. You know, they didn't have the starting pitching this year, mostly due to injury, but also due to the ineffectiveness from the people that did start. You know, Yamamoto would do that, and you know, even in Japan, he had mixed results in the postseason over there, but he. I mean, he when they needed him, he threw 130 pitches to get him to uh, the final, the game seven or in game seven, whatever it was. Uh, so yeah, he he, you know, he's not going to do that in the U.S., but he can give you six innings or so, and you know, 100 pitches, which is normally what what people give you in the postseason here. So yeah, it, it's one of those where it's targeted money. You know, the the Rangers a couple years ago when they spent. It wasn't necessarily targeted. They just went after really good players, and then all those really good players ended up being supplemented by some young guys, by some other you know people that stepped up, and some people they already had in the organization, and it worked out for them. This one for the Dodgers, it's not, you know, yes, they're going after the two best players left at this point, but it's not because they're the two best players left. It's because they're the two best players left, and they feel the need for the Dodgers. Yeah, for sure. And how you spend your money is always so important. I remember last year when everybody was fawning over the Padres, and obviously I had, you know, biased reasons not to fawn over the Padres, but also, you know, people talking about their their great offseason, and then it's like, okay, but two of the guys you're talking about are Robert Suarez and Nick Martinez. 
A, both of them were on the team the year before, and B, it's Robert Suarez and Nick Martinez. And yeah, Suarez is a, a solid relief pitcher. You know, pretty darn good. Nick Martinez, you know, ended up being about as exactly as good as people should have expected him to be. It's like just the fact that you spend a bunch of money doesn't mean that you put together a great team. It means you spent a bunch of money. And so the yeah, Dodgers. And even Xander Bogarts was a bit of a redundancy. It was just more of a star power. Sign our 35th shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the Dodgers have proven over the last several years that they're good at not spending dumb money. Um, but, you know, uh, like we've talked about, you know, the, the, the Phillies owners that sometimes you have to spend dumb money to put together a team. And I think to get Otani Yamamoto Dodgers would have to spend dumb money, even for great players like that. It's probably, they're probably going to have to overpay at least overpay compared to what they normally are used to paying in, in any given off season. Uh, but I mean, that, that alone, those two guys would basically, I, I don't think they'd be done. They'd still fill in holes here and there, but, you you win the offseason if you sign Otani and Yamamoto. Yeah, and, and also when it comes to, you know, you think about the, the what the Dodgers have wanted to do is be good and continue to be good and continue to have, you know, that future planned out. And what they have right now is they've spent the money on Mookie Betts. They spent the money on Freddie Freeman. There's four more years guaranteed where those two are going to be together. So – you know, you kind of have the need to spend now in order to maximize what you already spent. Because if you only spend, you know, on two, you know, if you only spend, let's just say two good players, two like top tier players, and then you try to supplement it every year, you know, it's not, you'll have the same success like we've seen with the Dodgers, but you might not have, you know, the, the window of a legitimate World Series contender. And not that the Dodgers haven't been legitimate World Series contenders. Last year they were for sure. This past season, you know, it was more of a roll of the dice than anything just with the pitching that they did end up having. But I think if you've already established that, okay, Mookie Betts is making, you know, 35 mil a year and Freddie Freeman's making, you know, 20 some mil a year and we have them for four more years and they're supposed to be good those next four years, then yeah, supplement that with a little bit more money. Um, and then you can build your farm system under that for when those four years are up and, you know, you, you, you know, Freddie comes off the books. You might still have these other guys you sign on the books, but you can supplement it with more talent, you know, on the backside. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've always said mathematically speaking, baseball speaking, there is going to come a time when the Dodgers miss the postseason again. And, you know, if that happens five or six years from now, because they sold out this offseason uh, for these top free agents, I'm okay with that as long as the moves pay off, you know, and, and obviously if the Dodgers win two world series titles in the next five years, I think everybody would be okay with following it up with, you know, I, I we say that now people would be miserable. People would, you know, be calling for everybody's heads. If the Dodgers actually missed the postseason five years from now, even if they won two world series between now and then, but you know, uh, those of us who are a little more rational probably would be okay with that. If, if they go all in right now, win a couple world series titles, even if it bites them in the butt a little bit, I think I think they're too smart for it to for them to ever go into full rebuild rebuild mode. Uh, but you know, you do gotta you, you gotta spend that money sometimes, and it would eat into their chances at, at sustainability. But it, I think it would be worth it at this point. Yeah. All right, we're gonna come back. That's all the real news. So we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk Thanksgiving and talk about some Dodgers related things that we are thankful for. So thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers.
Hey, we're back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodger your first listen every weekday morning. We want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. There's also one specific to Los Angeles sports called Locked On Sports Los Angeles. It's also 24-7. It features this show, all the other LA team shows plus the national shows. So if you are looking for national sports coverage or Los Angeles sports coverage 24-7, Locked On has you covered with Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles. And I uh, want to remind you to check out SiriusXM and the SXM app for all your baseball needs on uh, MLB Network Radio and all your Christmas music needs on a lot of different channels. And uh, now that Thanksgiving is almost past, Nobody can criticize me for listening to Christmas music now. It's it's the real deal. And, you know, you can look past the fact that I've been doing it for six weeks. Uh, Thanksgiving is the midpoint of Christmas season as far as I'm concerned. And uh, here we go with Thanksgiving. Um, so let's talk Thanksgiving. Let's talk thankfulness, Vince. Uh, you and I have been doing a Dodgers podcast together for a long time now. It's been, what, seven years? Over seven years, I think. Yeah, I've been in three different cities. Yeah, yeah. And I have been in the same house the whole time. But uh that that's uh same office even um it, it's been I, I guess you've seen my office grow though because i didn't have all these bobbleheads on the wall when we first started so it's a it's a lot of fun talking dodgers and you and i like we say on every episode we were born as dodger fans uh you know i was born in a dodgers family you were born into a, a split loyalty family your mom is a padres fan but the rest of your family seems to have it right and uh you know we are lifelong Dodger fans who love being Dodger fans. And even when things go wrong, like they have the last two postseasons, uh, you know, we are thankful to be Dodger fans. So I thought we would talk about just a few things that we are thankful for specifically as Dodger fans. You want to go first? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously beyond you guys, the listeners, which is you know, what we're always thankful for. It's just, even with, you know, the tough exits the last two years, you look at, you know, teams don't do this. You know, the sustained success the Yankees, you know, have other up until this last year were, you know, winning record for a long, long time. Playoffs for the most part for a long, long time. You know, the Braves have 14 straight division titles at one point. You know, in the other sports you, you've seen, you know, the Patriots had a long streak of success and, you know, now they're in their down year and, and down years. So, I think for right now, the moment we're living in, I'm thankful for it. You see, you know, even as much as it said losing to the D-backs and, you know, losing to the Padres the year before, you look at, you know, the Mets. I would not want to rather be a Mets fan. They spent all that money and ended up being sellers at the deadline. And, you know, even the Padres this season, you know, they they were the darlings of the offseason and they were, you know, projected to win the division in a lot of places and they didn't even make the playoffs. And, you know, the other flip side of that is that if they might have, would have made the playoffs, the Dodgers' fortunes might have been different because the D-backs wouldn't have made the playoffs in that sense. But, uh, yeah, regardless of it, I'm just thankful for, like, the moment we're in right now. Basically, it, it's kind of like being without the all the championships so far. It's kind of like being a Laker fan right now where you expect to get all your favorite players, be a Laker at some point, and or, you know, yeah, whatever, join the team, like, We've seen Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, even though it didn't work out, like Noah Syndergaard and Max Scherzer, you know, come to the team in recent years and even Trey Turner. And it's just like, man, like who, even Manny Machado, like Manny Machado is one of my favorite players when they got him back in 2018. And it's just like, man, who are they going to get next is, is kind of that that wait for that. 
So, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for the moment we're in right now as Dodger fans. Because I remember in the 90s, or, you know, as a kid, we they made the playoffs, I think, once in the 90s and got swept. And then uh, not till Lima timed it to actually win a game for since 88. So right now I'm enjoying what, what we have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was trying to make a joke about somebody who came and became a Dodger, and I was trying to remember the name of that guy who used to be a Brewers closer, and he looked like a truck driver, and the Dodgers had him for a month, and he broke his – Oh, Axford? John Axford, yeah. Um, I missed my chance at a John Axford joke <laughs> because I couldn't remember John Axford's name, but uh, I think he's Canadian. So yeah, uh, nice. happy seven weeks after Thanksgiving, John Axford. Um, I am – I'm thankful for a lot of things, and and I guess this one won't be it, but I just – Talking about our listeners, uh, we noticed today that uh, in the last week or two, we passed a million listens on this podcast this year, which is a lot of listens, and uh, it means a lot to us. And you know, obviously, we're it's it's a lot of episodes every year, but you know, that still means that every single morning, you know, more than four thousand of you guys are checking in with us, and it's not always the same four thousand. Uh, we we did the math one time, and you know, something like a hundred thousand different people have listened to this show this year and uh that's pretty awesome so appreciate that um i guess my i i gotta go with clayton kershaw clayton kershaw is the the thing i'm most thankful for about the dodgers all the time and it means a little bit different this year not knowing if we've seen the last of him uh there's a very you know this is the probably third straight off season that there was a very real chance that we had seen the last of kershaw and after 2021 it was kind of like this because he ended the season injured in 2021 and and uh you know so there were questions is he going to want to go through the rehab is he going to have to have major surgery all of those things and ultimately he he did come back this year though we know he did have major surgery and that it is going to be a major rehab and so there's a very real chance that we've seen the last of Clayton Kershaw not just with the Dodgers but in major league baseball and uh if that's the case and if it's not, I, I am thankful for Clayton Kershaw because he is, he's been so much fun to watch. I like from the time he was drafted, I've followed him. Uh, I remember when he debuted, I was so excited about that. Uh, I went to the first playoff game he ever started, uh, mostly because he was starting. It was Clayton Kershaw against Adam Wainwright. I'm like, that's two future potential Hall of Famers, and I want to see it. And that was back in 2009 that I, I, I kind of felt like that was coming from him. And then watching him obviously win all the, the world, the Cy Youngs and the MVP and all that, and just being an awesome person. Like there's nothing not to like about Clayton Kershaw. And uh, I have, you know, he's been my favorite player ever for the last, you know, five or six years. He, he passed up other guys and, and became my favorite ever. And uh, if I was still having kids at that point, I would have named a kid after him, but you know uh, I was an old man by then. But uh, I am thankful for Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it goes without saying what he means to the Dodgers, to Dodger fans. You know, even if you have different feelings towards him for different reasons when it comes to postseason, it's still, you know, he still stands out in a lot of different ways. And I think it's one of those where, you know, 2014, like I chased Clayton Kershaw starts. Anytime he started, I wanted to be there because, or maybe probably started in 2013 and, you know, I wanted to be there in case greatness happened. And if you know worked out in 2014 when I got to be there for his no hitter, which I bought tickets for the night before because Clayton Kershaw was pitching the next day and we just happened against to be, the Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh yeah, it, it, I'm thankful for, for him as well. And then uh, you know, the next one just 
I feel like we did this episode every year and it comes down to like the same things that we're thankful for. But, you know, that's the good part about being a Dodger fan is we've had the consistency. I think I'm just thankful for like Dodger Stadium. I've been to, I think, 20 stadiums now. And, you know, I'm not going to say the Dodgers, that Dodger Stadium is the best, like, visually impressive stadium in terms of like architecture or whatever. But I think first go straight up watching baseball. Dodger stadium is the best place to watch a baseball game. You know, there, there's no frills on the field. It's a, it's a symmetrical field. Um, you know, you got a little bit shorter fence out there in the corners, but other than that, it's symmetrical all the way around. You have, you know, not a bad seat in the house. I've sat pretty much everywhere at Dodger stadium and, you know, you, you have a good seat. Uh, you, you know, you can watch the game and, and you're there to watch the game, but they've also expanded to people that are there for a social event and, you know, the, the bars and, uh, you know, the different areas and, and standing room and stuff like that. And, you know, splitting the pavilion and having standing out there. So I think the ability to evolve for Dodger Stadium has you know made me really thankful last year because you see some of these other places that already want to renovate or, you know, you go to Angel Stadium and I'm just not a fan of Angel Stadium at all. Or even like the Brewers, their stadium is not that old, but they already wanted to either leave and end up getting money to renovate. And, you know, Dodger Stadium has always kind of done that, always kind of try to stay somewhat with the times in terms of how they upgrade the stadium. Well, at least since Guggenheim came in, you know, during the McCord days, there wasn't much going on. But yeah, yeah, it is. It's a great stadium. I've been to 33 stadiums and uh, and I just have to remove Dodger Stadium from the equation when I'm talking about favorites because I, I'm biased. So. Uh, but I think even without the bias, it would be right up there for me. It's just all the reasons you mentioned. And no tarp down the third baseline because the weather's nice. And so they can hide the tarp farther away from the field because uh, they're not going to need it on a, you know, on the drop of a dime. So uh, my my other one that I wanted to mention that I'm thankful for, and I've probably mentioned this before, I read in a book one time that back in 1957, when the Dodgers and Giants decided to move to the West Coast, there was talk of, swapping and the Dodgers moving to San Francisco and the Giants moving to Los Angeles. And my dad grew up in LA. Uh, his, he grew up in a baseball fan family. My grandpa was a Cardinals fan because he's from Arkansas originally. And, you know, he, back then the Cardinals were still the closest team to LA. And so my grandpa was a Cardinals fan, but as soon as the Dodgers moved to LA, the, we, the Snyders became a Dodger family. And so by the time I was born 20 years later, you know, it was ingrained in our family, everybody except Uncle Jim, because Uncle Jim was four years older than my dad. And so he was already eight years old when the Dodgers moved to town. And Jim was already old enough to have already picked his favorite team. And he based that on his favorite player, Willie Mays. So he was and still is a Giants fan, but he has a lot of good qualities, too. Uh, but then I think about the fact that for a brief moment, there was talk of swapping and the Giants moving to L.A. instead. And I would have been born into a Giants family and I would, I'd be wearing orange right now. Like I, I, I can't even imagine that world. Like I know every, every baseball fan thinks their team is the best and everything, but like, look how good this Dodger blue looks like Vince, you and I, we're not the best looking people in the world, but you look at us in these Dodger blue hats. We both look good. You know, like Dodger blue looks good on everybody. And, and, Giants orange just doesn't look good on anybody. It's just bad. And, and I think about like, there was a moment when I almost had to become a Giants fan. And uh, I am thankful that, that I was born into a Dodger family. Yeah. Imagine they potentially having to wearing like the all orange Jersey. 
be pumpkin uh, right here. Yeah. Oh man, it's bad. <laughs> it is bad. All right. Uh, that's enough thankfulness. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about the things that we're really experts on, which is food. Uh, best Thanksgiving foods coming up. So please keep it locked on, Dodgers. Hey, we're back. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember to check out Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles, two 24-7 streaming channels on YouTube from Locked On that give you everything you need to know about either national sports or Los Angeles sports, depending on which channel you're at. Uh, they cover all the leagues. Uh, so go to Locked On Sports Today or Locked On Sports Los Angeles on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel and or the first ever Los Angeles sports streaming 24-7 streaming channel. And uh, remember to check out SiriusXM and the SXM app. If you're watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email. And now, before we get into the favorite foods, Vince, uh, I'm going to spring this on you. Uh, let's let's each name one classic Thanksgiving food that we just have no need for at all. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to? You can go ahead. Okay, for me... It's, it's olives. Um, my, like, there's always a bowl of olives on the table and my wife loves them. And some of my kids like them. And I'm like, if I wanted to eat metal, I'd just eat some metal. You know, I don't need to eat food that tastes like metal. Uh, so yeah, olives, I, I don't understand it, but I did buy a can of olives today because, uh, I'm making Thanksgiving dinner for my wife and she likes them. Well, we've never had olives on the table, but I'm out on olives in general. So yeah. Um, for me, it's hard because, like, I, I don't think there's ever anything that someone bring. I guess it, for me, us if you bring a salad with like some sweet in it, I, it's just I'm not gonna eat it. It's not that I don't have a, I don't like it, I, but I'm not gonna eat salad on Thanksgiving. Like, I'm, I'm not, especially if it has like cranberries and walnuts and all that. Like, no thanks. I'll, I'll pass. I'll eat it tomorrow if there's still any left. But uh, I don't need salad filling me up on on this day. I get that. Yeah. All right, you want to get name your your favorite food we'll do yeah. what, three each? um yeah yeah uh i think mine is just mashed potatoes it's simple potatoes are great in on pretty much any fashion you can have them um you know biased that my mom makes some of the best mashed potatoes that i've ever had and even if you're going to other places not that i really do but um it's hard to mess up mashed potatoes like i've never i've never personally had like bad mashed potatoes i'm sure there is a way to mess them up but, uh, you know, even if you just straight up mashed potatoes and ate them by itself with no seasonings or anything, it still wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, absolutely. Mashed potatoes are great. Uh, I'm going to go with green bean casserole. Uh, it's just that, you know, it, it, at its simplest form, it's just green beans, cream mushroom soup, and the and the uh, French's uh, fried onions on top, throw it in the oven. It's just so good. And like the, the flavor mix is just salty enough. you got the crunch. you got the green beans are good anyway. They're one of my favorite vegetables. And it's like, it's a way to get your veggies without accidentally making it healthy. And, you know, I like that. Yeah. My green bean casserole, top tier. I know it gets a lot of flack out there in the streets, but it's top. When done right, it's top tier. Yeah. Uh, my next one is... This one is not one we had in our family growing up, really, but it's made an appearance now the last few years, now that everyone's kind of tried to make different things. So mac and cheese, you know, it's, you know, simple. It's macaroni, it's cheese. It's, you know, hard to dislike anything with that much cheese in it. 
And uh, yeah, it, it, especially if you get it done right, the crust on top or breadcrumbs on top, whatever you do, and you get that edge piece, uh, you know, that, that's how you do it on, on Thanksgiving. Oh, you do a baked mac, huh? Yeah. Mac and cheese is going to be my next one, too. We And the same thing. We didn't have it growing up either. In fact, I'm going to have it. Mine's different enough from yours. It's going to be my second pick, too. Yeah. Uh, mac and cheese deserves two picks. Uh, yeah, we didn't have it growing up either. I understand that it's a pretty common Thanksgiving side dish in the South. Um, yeah. and, and for me, it's just like it was probably 10 years or so ago. I was like, I make good mac and cheese. And Thanksgiving is for eating good food. Let's have mac and cheese. And, and so... You know, today when I went shopping for, for Thanksgiving dinner, I got all the different cheeses that, that I'm putting in. And like I, I go fancy. I basically I end up making like a, a queso and then, uh, you know, m- slather my my macaroni, no- macaroni noodles in the queso dip that I've made. Uh, and then I, I throw in a, just chopped up bacon. I, I don't I don't mind a baked mac and cheese, but I don't need the breadcrumbs. Uh, so I just do, you know, creamy, creamy with crunchy bacon in it and a lot of different kinds of cheeses, probably six or seven different kinds of cheese. Very, very creamy. And oh man, I, I, I may have to, you know, all right, this is the end of this episode. It's time to go make mac and cheese. Now what, what's your last one? Yeah. Last one. Now, you know, I'm a big sides guy. Obviously the main course never changes for us. It's always turkey and ham and, you know, no disrespect to any of those, but I'm a big sides guy. This is a side that I've loved for a while. Last year I made it myself and it's collard greens. Um, you know, I made it last year with pork belly and some other stuff, had it in there, you know, cook it forever. You know, you buy like 20 bags of collard greens to make, you know, enough for, to take to one family, you know, outing, but they're just, if, when done right, they're just so good, especially if you get the little spice to them, you know, longer you cook them. The, and then the next day they're even better. I learned that last year. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big sides guy. So you know, you give me mac and cheese, collard greens, and mashed potatoes, and then you know you throw the, the other stuff on top of that. But I'm I'm good with that. I have never had collard greens in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what they taste like. So I'm I'm sure I'd like yours, but yeah, never had them. Uh, for my last one, I'm going with the dessert. Um, I'm going with chocolate French silk pie, and I know uh, Thanksgiving is a pumpkin pie holiday. I almost uh, listed pumpkin pie as my uh, Thanksgiving food that I have no business with. I, I've had pumpkin pie one time. I didn't hate it. N- never need to have it again. It does nothing for me. Pecan pie. I like a little bit more than pumpkin pie, but still like, you know how I feel about nuts and having nuts stuck in my teeth afterwards and all that. Like, uh, you know, so I, I'll take pecan pie over pumpkin pie, but I would take chocolate French silk pie over either one. My mom's recipe. It's just, it's so good. It's, you know, you, you make this like silky chocolate and then you throw it in the, in the pie crust and you throw it in the freezer and the next day you have the most delicious frozen pie that it's rich it it fills you up it makes you feel like you really uh you want to feel a little guilty when you're down on Thanksgiving. you want to have to constantly remind yourself it's okay it's thanksgiving and chocolate french look pie definitely does that yeah i don't think i've ever had that but it sounds great it's real real good i'll send you a picture if nothing else so you you send me a picture of your collard greens i'll send you a picture of my pie got it all right, you got anything else before we wrap up this Thanksgiving episode? No, like just, you know, we appreciate you guys, obviously. And, uh, you know, I know it's been tough with like split episodes and one-on-one episodes, but uh, you know, hopefully here in December we'll get it going a little bit better. Yeah, and the winter meetings are coming up in the next week and a half. There, you know, another thing that Vasse said was that he expects Shohei Otani to sign around the winter meetings. And so 
Uh, if it is with the Dodgers, I mean, there, there's going to be so much to talk about all off season right now. We're in kind of the slow period, uh, but you know, we're there, there's, it's still always fun talking Dodgers. So uh, hopefully we'll have a lot of signings and exciting news to talk about in the coming weeks. Uh, but either way, we will be with you. Uh, so thank you for making us your first listen. Thank you, especially to our, to our everydayers. If you're not an everydayer, it's really easy to become one. Just watch or listen every weekday morning and uh, check out Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter uh, uh, at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Since 91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open for both of us there. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.